Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You know, one of the things that we talk about is where's the future of the United States of America going? You always hear all the negative aspects, all the bad things about, you know, the, the younger generations that are out there. But so often I see things that really do, it encourages me. Uh, because there are those bright, shining stars that are out there. There are those young constitutional conservatives. There are those young, you know, Christian men and women that are out there that are ready to step up and take their place in the gap um, on freedom's ramparts and frontier. And so I want to talk today with one of those young ladies, and I had the pleasure uh, of b- working with him very closely, her very closely and, and personally. And she, Caitlin Schober has written an incredible book. Caitlin Schober is currently based down in Austin, Texas. She is truly behind enemy lines there as a constitution conservative. But she applies the leadership skills applied acquired from running a fitness franchise. Now, Caitlin's a young woman and already has had a fitness franchise, and of course she, she sold it. But working on the 2022 gubernatorial campaign of yours truly to influence culture, Kate is passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering others to be the person they were created by God to be. She has written an incredible book called 99 Days Across Texas, Lessons Learned on the Campaign, campaign Trail with yours truly, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, about the people, places, and the future of Texas. We're joined now by Caitlin Schober. Kate, so good to see you, and so, you know, just glad to have you here on the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Let's talk about your fitness franchise and business that you had. When did you start that? At, at what age? And what did you learn from being that you know small business entrepreneur? Yeah, so actually I signed my contract on my 19th birthday and I bought a franchise. And so I operated um, just locally here in Austin and I learned you know what it takes to get clientele and run your business. And I was able to help launch in a few different states as well. So I just learned, you know, management and how to take care of your people. Uh, And really for me, it was less about the numbers in the business, but it really was about just caring for people and building relationships with them. And so I've used that philosophy in all my work where it's really about the people. And when you treat people well with excellence, then the, the numbers work. So yeah. And so what ended up causing you to sell that? Because you went through the COVID and I think that had a lot as far as developing your sense and understanding of the philosophy of governance 
when all of a sudden you saw, you know, these edicts, orders, mandates, and decrees coming down against your business, uh, and it was taken away from you, but yet other businesses were allowed to thrive and, and prosper. So tell us about that evolution and how that affected you. Yeah, it really, 2020 is what opened my eyes to really the importance of who you're electing as your politicians in our government. Um, my business was shut down, so I was deemed non-essential. There was a night where I had to turn people away because they said you can only have 10 people and they had to be six feet apart and, you know, cops were kind of rolling around. And so uh, it really hit me when my church was shut down here in Austin, my business was shut down. And then I look around and like Walmart's open, the liquor store is open and I had to turn my clients away. And then also as it progressed, I even got to see the difference between Travis County here in Austin and then the neighboring county in Williamson County where my co-franchise owners just five miles away were open. And yet because of Travis County, I was still closed. And so I started looking around for like, who is speaking up against these just mandates? Nothing has passed in the House or the Senate. None of these are laws. And yet they're saying you have to shut down your business. You have to shut down your church. Uh, so that's what really made me start to pay attention to who's running this thing, who's in charge. You know, it's interesting because, you know, when you go and you look at COVID, I think without a doubt it was a horrific period. But it was also a period that the scales fell off of so many people's eyes. Uh, yeah. That's why we see what's happening there now today with school boards, because Paris all of a sudden saw what was going on in these uh, centers of indoctrination when their kids are there at home and they're at home and they're looking and saying, what are they talking about? What's going on? So this, you know, this awakening that happened for you, then it inspired you to to take a little leap of faith. And and I remember when you first came up and, and spoke with me, uh, that, that was a, a very important moment uh, because I saw you as this young person that wanted to get engaged, and you have been personally affected. You know, Kate, you you made an incredible leap of faith because here you are, a young lady, never really been engaged and involved in the political process. And like we said, the scales have fallen off your eyes because you saw your church being shut down and you saw your business being closed. There's no constitutional authority for any political official to declare who or what's essential. And it's even worse and that we really did not have an emergency, a 99.5%, you know, recovery rate for a virus. And, and as well, the, the governor of the state of Texas, you know, his emergency declaration powers only go for 30 days. Tell us about the leap of faith that you took in saying that, you know, I want to get involved in this. Yeah, it definitely was a leap of faith. But watching the business get shut down, watching the church get shut down, It just struck a chord so deep, and it was the principle of the mandates and how we aren't abiding by our proper rule of law anymore, and it felt like people weren't paying attention to that, and so I just felt this burden, and then as I was looking around at who's speaking out against this, who's, you know, speaking for the truth of how we're supposed to operate and run, and what is constitutional, what's not, that's when I found you. And so I first kind of found you on social media, stalking your YouTube channel. (laughs) Um, And then I got to hear you a few times down in Austin when you were chairman of the Republican Party. And it just your mission and your words of truth resonated so much that 
when the opportunity to work on your campaign came across, I just knew that that was a risk that I was willing to take. And I think the lessons I learned were just profound. And it's it's worth it to take the leap of faith because you can learn so much along the way. Well, I figured I had to say yes to you because you are a black belt, I think, in Taekwondo. And you probably would have, you know, kicked my, you know, 60 year old butt if I said no to you. So uh, I acquiesced. <laughs> uh, and your your dad, you know, had been working with us at the Republican Party of Texas as well. So he facilitated that introduction. So all of a sudden now you make this leap of faith and you come up and, and you've put together this incredible book. Like I say, 99 Days Across Texas. Talk to us about this book. Talk to us about the, the the mindset that you know enabled you to to write this book and obviously you were taking many copious notes along the way and I love how you structured this book because you talk about the issue you talk about the policy solution but you also talk about the biblical worldview and I think that that is what Christian constitutional conservatism is all about. You're not just ranting and raving, you know, about, you know this, this is wrong, this is bad. You're, you're giving people solutions. So talk to us about the issues that you bring out. Talk to about how you came up with this structure. Yeah, so the book really started out as me just processing the campaign, getting to work with you. We went down to the border. We got to talk or being school boards and talk to parents and all these problems I kept seeing, I didn't even realize they were going on. And as I was learning about these problems going on, once the campaign ended, I was feeling a little hopeless because you see these issues and you hear about, here's what the constitution says. And then now it's like, what are we going to do? And so the book started with me just journaling and I was just writing it out and then as I started writing these different things that I saw, I started writing, well, what does the Constitution say about that? So, for example, the first chapter section is talking about protecting our border. And so it talks about how Texas is the number one state for human and sex trafficking and how fentanyl overdoses are the number one cause of death for adults 18 to 45. And so these are real problems. But then it puts in the constitutional perspective, which, which is what we as a state have the authority to do. And then I took it a step further because before being a conservative or a Republican or whatever you want to call it is I'm a Christian and I had to put my head on my pillow at night and be good with God. And so I decided to dig into the Bible and say, what does the Bible say about these issues, whether it's border or education or child gender modification, these heavy topics? It's what's the problem? What do we constitutionally have the authority to do? And then what does the Bible say so that we can have full confidence knowing that we're backed up in every area and so we can speak the truth without being afraid and having confidence in that? So that's how the format came. It was just me processing the experience and then writing it in a way where people could come on the journey with me. And it's also important because you put in personal anecdotes. I mean, people can actually get a sense of you being out there and going through these things. And you tell the story about how you were down at the border and you were just going to walk out and go to the the bus to get some materials. And a guy told you about how that's probably not a good idea. Can you elaborate on that story? Yes. So you were doing a meet and greet at a restaurant down. I think we were in Zapata County at that Mm -hmm. time. And I was going out to the bus, which was probably 30 yards away, maybe, 
to get some yard signs. And as I'm walking out of the restaurant, one of the people who was traveling with us, he grabbed my arm and he's like, do not walk out there by yourself. And then he walked with me to the bus and he's pointing out that's a member of the cartel. This car was like running into the driveway. It was, it was just very eerie. And it was this, it was tense. And it kind of shook me up for a second because I realized that the people who we were meeting in that restaurant, these are good families. These are like, they've got their kids in the schools here. And the fact that I can't walk out of a restaurant to a bus just in the same parking lot, I can't imagine the people who are living there and that's their life and those kids and those families. So that really stood out to me when he grabbed my arm and said, do not walk out there by yourself. So, so what was some of the other, you talk about the border, what were some of the other you know, issues that really personally affected you. I know that the life issue was one, and maybe you can talk about that because you you talk about a very interesting discussion that you had with some of the other campaign uh, uh, staff as well. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, I'm Kent Charnig, and I'm the founder of El Paso County, Colorado Progressive Veterans. Don't worry, we're not crazy tree huggers, but we do have an amazing podcast talking about nothing but the military and veterans. Please check us out, epccpv.org. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Yes. So we had a very interesting conversation. And on the bus, there was a lot of time for conversations and kind of healthy debates. And the pro-life issue did come up. And I really got challenged on my stance and my confidence. And, and I got to really hammer out where, what is the importance of the pro-life movement. And for me, it made me really hone in on the fact that if life begins at conception, then that life is valuable. And we should be defending if it is a rape and incest exception, those are both victims. And so I got to personally really get my own perspective and kind of hash it out with myself. And it took um, a few days of processing after our conversation where just different perspectives, but I really got to decide, hey, the Bible says you know, I knit you together in your mother's womb and we can't pick and choose when life is going to, when it starts. And so from conception, that life is valuable and we should have a government and laws that protect both victims of heinous crimes uh, like rape or incest. And just the importance of, I mean, this was before the Roe v. Wade stuff had passed. And so uh, we're even in a little bit of a different dynamic now, but it's interesting watching some of the states and what they're choosing to do. Um, and so as I looked at Maryland and Colorado, California, New York, they are doing a, or they're proposing bills that will allow for perinatal abortions, which are pretty much um, almost the last trimester all the way until 28 days after birth. Yeah, infanticide. Exactly. And so as I'm reading this and, seeing what's going on, it just, it struck a chord even deeper because once you decide, hey, life is valuable, then things like that, it just, it's upsetting. It's extremely um, alarming. 
No, without a doubt. Now, there was a very interesting exchange that you had uh, with uh, another gentleman from another campaign. And, you know, the thing that I love, you just got a great heart. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But one of the things that you kind of have to, in this business called politics, you got to, you know, get a little tough and and get a little tough skin. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite maxims that I share with you, I think you came to understand it. And you did a real good job of explaining it. Uh, I was really shocked here because to me it was just common sense. Uh, But talk about that, uh, that saying that I have of never allowing irrelevant people to cause you consternation. Yes, that saying definitely became real to me. So working in the fitness industry, running a business, people would come to you because they like you and they want your training. And I just haven't experienced people not liking you within the first 10 seconds of an interaction, pretty much. And so there was one event out in a county where I was representing you and speaking on your behalf during the campaign. And after the meeting was over, a gentleman came up to me and he pretty much, you know, said I was naive and stupid and how could I support you, blah, 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 all the negative. And he had his finger up in my face and it took me off guard for sure. And I did not have the tough skin that I even have now. It's in that moment, it really, I was like, this guy is so rude. Um, and I had to process like this random stranger is up in my face, you know, finger in my face. And so it, it made me, you know, feel very defensive. And then a few days later, we were on the bus and I don't, it wasn't even talking about this particular interaction. But you had said casually, never allow irrelevant people to cause you consternation. And to be honest, a lot of those words, I, was, I don't even know what consternation means. So I went and looked it up. I was like, what does this mean? And then I started diving in and it was, you never allow someone who's irrelevant. So if they're not important or not crucial to your situation, then they're irrelevant. And then consternation means stress, anxiety, just dismay. And I realized I had still been kind of holding on to that guy who was in my face because it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. It was rude. Um, and then I realized he is irrelevant to my situation. Like that was one five minute interaction and I'm letting it like bother me days later. And so just that simple phrase, I was like, he is not irrelevant to my situation. And so I'm not going to give him the power to have me lose my peace or have anxiety or stress about it. And so then I don't know, maybe this is too far, but now I just have that lens with almost everything. And so, uh, it's just helping me in the political field, but also in other areas of my life where if someone is not relevant to a situation, I'm not going to give them the power to steal my joy, steal my peace. And so uh, it was very profound that moment. And I feel like it helped me as a kind of empathetic, very like kind person get to the level where I'm taking my tough skin up a notch, where I can still care about people, but also I'm not going to let them affect my peace. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's so important. And, you know, when you allow people to do that, you're ceding over so much of your power. And furthermore, that guy, he should be very thankful because a black belt in Taekwondo, 
you could have easily broken his finger, broken his hand, broken his arm. I could have. <laughs> you know, so he's very fortunate. And, and I think if he came back and tried that again, it'd be a different outcome. In writing this book, who is your intended audience? Who, who do you really want this book to affect the most? Yeah, it's a very intentional audience. And that would be the Christians who kind of understand what's going on, but they're not engaged. So in a non-presidential election, 60 million Christians don't vote in our elections. And in a presidential election, 25 million Christians don't vote. And so when I'm seeing these policies of child gender modification being legal, our border enabling trafficking and the cartels to thrive, these issues, because of the biblical perspective, we can have an absolute truth saying this is wrong, this is right, that's you know, a righteous line. And so my heart in the audience is to target those Christians who have the same moral view as me because I can't expect someone who doesn't have the same moral line, the same belief, to actually view the same thing as right and wrong. Even though it can be absurd, like you would think child gender mutilation is wrong. However, I can't put that expectation on someone who doesn't have the same moral line However, the people who do say, I'm a Christian, this is what I believe, the Bible, and then you see these laws passing and they're not engaged, they're not voting. We have a responsibility as constitutional conser- or constitutional citizens in a constitutional republic, we all have a responsibility and there's an untapped area. And so it's really for the Christians who are not engaged. I just, it was, I wanted to make it blunt, here's the problem, here's the policy, Here's what the Bible says about it. Let's wake up. Let's get engaged because we have the same absolute truths and moral line. And so that's the target audience. So how do you get the word out? How are you engaging? Are you going to be doing some book tours or what's the means by which people can, you know, get a hold of 99 days across Texas? Have you come out and speak or what have you? Yes. So it's on Amazon for one, which you can get it there, but Uh, I have spoke at a few different counties just in the Republican women's group and things like that. But um, the best way to get a hold of me is on my Instagram, which is Kate.Shober or my Facebook page, Kate Schober. And I would definitely love to do speaking events. I've got a few more books, but that's really my goal is just to kind of get the word out. So um, Kate Kate is spelled K-A-I-T, people. Caitlin is K-A-I-T-L-Y-N, not the traditional spelling. She's a very unique young lady. Yes. So what are the parting, you know, here on this podcast with the audience that are listening to you right now and seeing you, what's the parting takeaway that you want to leave them with when you think about this book, 99 Days Across Texas, uh, lessons learned on the Kayapan Trail with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West about the people, places, and future of Texas. And I think that as you read this, this is not just about Texas, beautiful scenery there out in West Texas, but this applies to every single state. So what's the parting message that you want to leave people with? The parting message that I have is that I feel like seeing these issues that we're facing, it's like our house, our nation, the home, Texas, it's like it's on fire and people are in their beds asleep. And so the goal for this book is to kind of shake people up and say, hey, wake up. Our house is on fire. Let's start putting it out. And so um, that's the message, which is let's get involved. We have not lost hope there. We have 
authority and we have things we can do, but let's start fighting these uh, issues and that's the heart. So, and the great thing, I, what you're 23, 22, 22. And this is her second book. Tell us about the first book. Yes. It's actually right here. It's called keep your squats low and your standards high. And I wrote it while I was running the fitness company and it's just about how to set healthy goals and be in the fitness industry while putting your identity not in yourself, not in your gains, as some would say, but putting your identity in Christ and how to just not have a victim mindset, but take responsibility. And that theme crosses into the second book for sure, which is victim mentality is where you're saying, okay, it's too big or, you know, I'm not really connected, so not my problem. But having a responsible mentality is where you say, mm, I, I'm connected, I'm invested, and I have the power to make a difference, even if it's just in my neighborhood, in my county. Because local wins are what win the nation. And so it's just encouraging people to get out of the victim mentality and take that responsible mentality. That's the real heart for both books. Are you ever going to go back into the fitness industry? You know, I do have my personal trainer certification, so I train some clients. Uh, I did hit the gym this morning, so leg press 410 pounds, which is, okay. uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, all right, yeah. and and you and I have another uh, date to go out and run about four or five miles. I maybe could do three. I'm I'm out by three miles. <laughs> no big, big, no big deal. Uh, it's such a pleasure to know you and to see you and understand that your light is a bright illumination for the future of Texas and the future of the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, Caitlin Schober, Kate Schober, 99 days across Texas, lessons learned on the campaign trail with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West about the people, places, and future of Texas. Go out and get it. It's on Amazon. It's a great read. Once you start it, it's going to be hard to put it down. Caitlin, thanks so much for being on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Thank you so much. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. A special shout out to a phenomenal young lady, Caitlin Schober. Please pick up her book, 99 Days Across Texas. It's a phenomenal read. Once you pick it up, you will not want to put it down. And if you like what you have seen and heard on this podcast, please click the like button and share it with your friends. God bless you all. Steadfast and Loyal. Before they burn it down